Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's uh, the QBO Show. Happy to have you here. It's 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 5 o'clock Eastern, so we're ready to rock, and it is uh, the second Thursday uh, of the month, or what have you, and it's myself, Woody Adams, a uh, longtime product consultant with Intuit. Uh, opinion statements or views that I express might not necessarily reflect those of Intuit, and Intuit's not affiliated with the show. Stacy's uh, with Eric at a swim meet or something like that, or a swim lesson, so uh, Richard Ropa, of course, is on, and Richard, thanks for coming on today, and uh, how you doing? Doing fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, just a quick little personal personal story. It's 116 degrees two days ago, and my AC went out. Oh, that's You know what it's like. Little, when uh, well, what? Yeah, yeah but we like don't get to 116. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Maybe we get to 106 yeah. or 109, but not 116. So what's that like inside the house when you – I mean, you have better windows and doors than me, but still. <laughs> uh, well, it, it believe it or not, the house itself got up to about 92 degrees. Uh, but thankfully, my office has its own separate one-ton unit. So we all kind of uh, lived in my office for a little while. Uh, thankfully, AC repair in Palm Springs is very quick and on the ball. So it was fixed within about 18 yeah, hours. Wow. Amazing, though. Uh, but glad you had the AC unit in the office. So 92, that's brutal. Anything over 80 in the house for me? Starts to get uncomfortable, uh, especially sleeping. But uh, ninety-two, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, um, it was definitely brutal. Yeah, and Rich, let me ask you this too, and then we'll we'll go ahead and mention Neat.com, our sponsor. Uh, but uh, what have you been up to lately? Some exciting news, maybe? Oh. Or? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. I I just posted a tweet about this. I'm working with. Uh, uh, several apps from apps.com. And I, I actually uh, posted on Twitter that I've got an Amazon gift card for the first person who can tell me why all these apps are connected. Um, so if anybody wants a gift card, go check it out on, on my Twitter feed. But the apps that I'm, I'm uh, doing, doing a new thing with is Chaser, Chata, Flowlist, Give, PayPay, Penny, and Snapdisk. Lots of them. So there's nice. some fun stuff That's going awesome. on. Now, Richard, are you doing? <laughs> are you writing articles or what? What, what do you? What's yeah, the, the main? I, I'm just. I'm not going to say until somebody figures out what uh, the connective tissue is between all the apps. We're just going to have to wait and uh, see. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. And um, by the way. We will bring in uh, Rob Isrick, and I'm hoping I have the name correct, the last name, but I will ask him. And he's from Tipalti, which is a, a you know end-to-end accounts payable app. So that's very exciting today. That that's going to be our guest, and that's what we're going to be uh, talking about mostly. And, and they support global payments, and it should be really exciting end-to-end perspective there. Um, yeah. So, Richard, do you want to talk about Neat for a bit? Absolutely. I always love talking about Neat. They're they're a great company to work with. Um, I, I always like to remind everybody here that they have a Facebook group called the Neat Freak 
space. You can get there on Facebook by uh, just typing in the Neat Freak space. Uh, they have some great blog articles in there. Uh, I know I referenced this one last week, but it's, it's a fantastic article uh, about conquering retail labor pricing. And uh, I, I definitely want to suggest that anybody listening goes and checks out the Neat Freak space, especially if they are interested in using Neat. And uh, um, you can always find out more about their accountant partner program by going to neat.com and selecting the link for bookkeepers and accountants. And I think, Woody, we also have a, uh, a hyperlink directly on uh, the QBO Show site. So you can just click their logo there and yep. go straight to their bookkeeper and accountant site. Yeah. I always like to mention that they integrate with desktop, too. So it's not just a QBO thing. So, so I mean, that's something that to consider is, as well. That is absolutely correct. And, and I'm just going to say this. Uh, be on the lookout for them because they are going to be announcing some really big things in the very near future. Very cool. And again, neat.com. Thank you, neat. Awesome. So check that out. So I don't really have any updates myself, Richard, uh, just work-wise or, or what have you, or just stuff in general. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to mention uh, before we bring Rob in? No, I think it's time to bring Rob in. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring him in right now. And uh, Rob, hopefully you can hear us okay? I can. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Hear you great. And thanks for coming on the QBO show. Really appreciate it. And I just wanted to, to clarify the pronunciation of your last name and apologize if I, if I was <laughs> off there. Oh, no, you, you got pretty darn close. It's uh, Israq, so pretty much everyone butchers it. So, okay. um, but that was no, pretty darn close. That was my so congrats. That's awesome because that's – that was my first uh, thought. I was even texting Stacy. I was like, hey, you know, because I was, the last names I always like to get, and I was like, do you know how to pronounce it? And my guess is, is Rack, and I even spelled it out, I-S-R-A-C-K. And so I'm glad that was kind of close, so I appreciate that. Uh, and <laughs> yep, thank you for that. And um, now, do you know Rich, Richard at all? You two have met before? Or? I, don't, I don't think we do. Rob, no. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Um, we I've must been, have. I've I worked it into it way back in the past, so uh, we probably have crossed paths in one form or fashion at some point in time, but not personally. Yeah, I, I, not ringing any bells, and and I, I never worked for into it, but I work with into it, so it's uh, sure it's a, a very symbiotic relationship, I think. Um, so Rob, why don't we kick off by having you introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about Topalti. Sure. Uh, my name is Rob Israk, uh, CMO and Alliances for Topalti. Uh, been at Topalti for about four and a half years, and uh, you know, pretty familiar with the community. Uh, before Topalti, I was at Netsuite for many years, and before Netsuite, I was at Intact or sorry, uh, Intuit QuickBooks for many years. So in right. uh, the QuickBooks Enterprise. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, very cool. And uh, Topalti, uh, California, Robert Tucson. Yeah, we're San Mateo, California, California based company. Yeah, San Mateo, California. So just 30 minutes south of San Francisco. Nice. Very good. And if I can just ask this before I ask about Topalti, what years were you at Intuit? Jeez, you're dating me. It's probably. <laughs> 
was probably I was there for about three years and uh probably about uh the hmm, probably about uh three years probably starting at the end of the tenure was probably like uh thirteen years ago. So um ten wow. ten to thirteen thirteen to fifteen thirteen to sixteen years ago. So early two thousands I suppose. Wow. Yeah, very cool. Because I would have come just after that, but you probably knew like Jason Tamactor and uh, some of those guys that would have been out there then. I think, probably. Uh, yeah, some of those anyway, names yeah. sound familiar. Yeah. Um, so Tapalti, I was checking out the website. You can get there on apps.com. I mean, it's one of the the vetted apps on apps.com, and then of course your own website as well. Accounts payable and stuff. So can you tell us just about Tapalti in general to start? Sure. Sure. So, uh, so essentially, I mean, our reason for being, as you know, many of the folks on the phone will know, you know, accounts payable uh, is still, um, after many years of many people trying to solve it, is very much still the the number one most time-consuming function in finance. You know, across a number of surveys of controllers and CFOs um, and the such, and it's generally still a manual, uh, a manual process. And of course, then the, there's the banks in in the process as well. And, you know, banks don't typically deliver a best in class experience. Um, and so that's Topalti's reason for being, uh, making accounts payable less of a time consuming function for the finance org and for, you know, QuickBooks Pro Advisors working for uh, their clients. Um, essentially a 100% cloud-based system. Uh, company started 2010, very modern architecture. And the way we've looked at accounts payable a little different than um, maybe some other folks have in the past historically, is we look at that end-to-end um, holistic accounts payable process. To us, it's not just an invoice widget or a payments widget, but it's all the key processes within accounts payable. And when you solve it more holistically, you tend to have a much better result in automating the workload related to that function. No, very Excellent. cool. I, I was noticing on the, the site, and I watched the uh, – I think it's about a four-minute video, four- or five-minute video you guys have on apps.com, heavily supporting, you know, global accounts payable, approval processes, you know, end-to-end, and then however they pay. You know, one could be ACH, one check, you know, of course, just a regular bill payment as well. Um, So multi-currency, you know, so really robust. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I took away from that video. Yeah, you, so, so I'm, I'm happy the video the video seems to, you know, uh, tell the right story. You know, uh, the, where the company rooted from is um, back probably slightly before 2010 when the company started. Um, one of our co-founders, Orrin Zev, he has a bunch of portfolio companies. He's a, he's a VC. And one of them was having a problem paying, uh, paying their suppliers in mass. And he was using his own per- – he was a CEO. And he was using his personal time one day out of five a week basically doing this, which isn't what his CEO typically wants to do with their time. And so he came back to Orange, so I've been looking for a solution. Nothing really solves this problem well. Um, if you build, if you somehow start a company or build a company, I'll be your first customer. And so then Oren found our co-founder, Hanamid, who's still our CEO, um, and said, look, you know, look at this. Uh, Han had already been through a few successful uh, ventures and was taking some time off and, you know, relaxing. And uh, he looked at this and he started exploring and talking to other customers and seeing if this pain is 
you know, comprehensive and uh, consistent. And he started sitting with them, watching their workflows, and he started noticing, you know, a lot of different manual work work uh, processes. And he's a developer by nature, so he thinks very, very process oriented. And he started seeing these uh, processes that are manual. That if you mess this up, you mess that up, and the such like that. And a few of the things you mentioned just now on payment method choice, um, on volume of payments, invoices, supplier onboarding, all that actually came out of some of these early conversations where he started noticing well, these people are fat fingering in the different payment methods and the, the the banking details. And if you get that wrong and you have errors there, then guess what? Your invoice is an issue. And guess what? Your payment's an issue. Global payments absolutely came up in that context. Uh, payment method choice, absolutely. By different countries, by different regions, there's different preferences by different dollar amounts on how big the payment is. There's different preferences, certain industries like methods such as PayPal, well as other industries like methods like check right. more. Um, and so uh, all those early day insights actually fed the, the the vision and then the product we have today. All of that is fascinating. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm absolutely interested in how you fit into the QuickBooks community. Yeah, I mean, it, it actually drove, so early days when the product was made, we actually did not integrate with with any systems at all. And so we just kept getting feedback from our customers on, do you have a QuickBooks integration? Do you have a QuickBooks integration? That really led us down the road to launching that QuickBooks online integration. Um, and I think it launched about a year ago. Um, and so it's been, a, been a, um, a great thing for our company personally. And we knew it would be because we already heard demand from our customer base on it. Um, but a lot of the customers we serve are on QuickBooks. Excellent. Very cool, and and I'm, I'm and Rob, I'm assuming it's both desktop and QBO. Do you guys support currently? Uh, so, sorry, what was the question? QuickBooks Desktop as well as QuickBooks Online. So right yeah, now we have QuickBooks platform. Online as an integration. Uh, so QuickBooks Online okay. today, QuickBooks Desktop is absolutely on the near-term roadmap. So that will be in the future, um, and it'll probably won't be in. There's this distant future. I can't give you the exact launch date, but right. I know that it's it's actively in the works. So uh, to be to be announced, you'll definitely see the announcement when it comes out, but it'll be soon. But online that's is the right. one that's ready to go 100% today. Now, so what are some of the other trends that are accelerating this move to the Palti that you're seeing, Rob? Yeah, so um, good question. Um, I, mean, I think the first one is uh, is just finance has changed as a function. And so the board, the CEO, the investor, the CFO, or the head of finance themselves are kind of holding finance to a higher expectation. You know, it's no longer being seen as a bookkeeper function and it's finance is one of the top seats at the table in the boardroom. And in many cases is expected to be a number two in the business to the CEO and to help guide decision-making and provide better insights and more timely insights to the business. And that means they can't be spending, certainly the CFO or the CEO or the COO or the controller can't be spending all their time kind of doing the nuts and bolts of finance, which a lot of those nuts and bolts are accounts payable. And they have to free up time, not only by themselves, but by their team uh, to do more strategic, high impact work. Um, and, and partially related to that, the millennials nowadays, they don't want to be doing this kind of mindless, um, mindless kind of repeatable 
data entry work that that is essentially accounts payable. Um, you know, they're leaving teams and moving to other jobs if their their entire career path is going to be that. And so that's kind of an extra kind of forcing function there. But I'd say that's kind of the biggest Uber trend of finance has decided that this isn't what finance should be doing with their time. Um, and they need to free up their own time to do more uh, valuable projects. And that kind of leads down the road of automation of the accounts payable task. Um, I think there are some other sub-trends beneath that. Um, absolutely, you mentioned global earlier, but you know, companies of all sizes, not just large companies, are now uh, more and more often using vendors and suppliers, not only in the U.S., but in Mexico and in Canada and uh, Europe and across the world and Asia. And you know, accounts payable is different, and payments are different when you add that wrinkle to your business model. And our, obviously, our system from day one has been uh, built with global in mind and literally not just payment, but every function that we handle has global um, intelligence in there um, because global doesn't just impact the payment workflow. That's certainly one model, uh, one kind of um, case that one trend that's related to that, I'd say related to that closely is the multi-entity or multi-subsidiary model. More and more companies these days are having a structure where uh, they may have a geo overseas, they may acquire a company, they may have sub-brands, and that's basically a, a multi-subsidiary business model. And that, again, again impacts uh, accounts payable heavily, um, and it's obviously something to policy yeah. also handles. Totally. Um, supplier experience is critical nowadays, and so people recognize the supply chain is sensitive. And if you treat them badly and tell them, I'm only going to pay you, I'm going to pay you late, or I'm only going to pay you uh, in this one currency or in this one payment method we're pushing on you, you're probably not going to get the same um, output from your suppliers as you need. And there's trends like the gig economy, of course, that are impacting this and amplifying yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say but that. That's certainly a piece. Yeah, I was going to say sure, that, I the think... gig economy. And, and I'm sorry, Rob, it sounds like you guys support, and before Richard, uh, this just brought up a question quickly I wanted to jump in. Sounds like you guys support, like, even up to large size businesses, too, like with super complex needs, right? Things like that. So we do uh, our core focus, our startups, so fast growing startups, um, fast growing businesses. So sometimes they happen to be very small or even not even off the ground, but their, their plans are to grow really quickly and rapidly. And they're going to invest that way. Um, and mid-sized companies, we do have some large enterprises, but that's not who we focus on. So, but the, as you know, the mid market's pretty vast, you know, it starts like 20 employees and it goes up to a thousand or slightly more. Um, and that's kind of where our core focus is. Yeah, no, good. Good to know. Thanks for qualifying. Uh, Richard? So, actually, I'm going to jump in with um, uh, a different question. I want to I wanna ask, why the policy is only focusing on AP? Yeah. Um, so, you know, versus looking at all financial ops, maybe AR or some other kind of functions, uh, we our, our vision is to be the best of breed system for accounts payable automation, essentially. And we think the best way to do that, frankly, is focusing. And so there's other systems you can go to that are good at accounts receivable. Certainly, of course, there's systems that are the best of breed for GL, just like uh, QuickBooks. Um, we want to be the best of breed system for accounts payable. And so we're focusing in on that. The way we define accounts payable is a little different than for other country, uh, other companies. And so we do include supplier onboarding and supplier management in context. We do include 
uh, accounts payable tax compliance in that context. We do include global payments in that context. So we do include a broader set of processes uh, within accounts payable than many other systems offer. We do have like uh, early payments or payment acceleration in our platform, for example. Um, so we, we do go broader with accounts payable, but we are definitely focused on accounts payable and making sure we can reduce as much workload as humanly possible um, out of the accounts payable function and really helping finance scale as they keep growing so they don't have to keep hiring more and more AP clerks to keep up with that growth. Yeah, that's actually a really good segue, Rob, too. I wanted to know, so how does specifically Topolity make it easier, like when it comes to hundreds or thousands of invoices? You had said something about yeah. automation or, or, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so typically, you know, kind of the experience we've seen is when, when a company has less than 100 invoices and 100 payments a month, um, the workload is not that um, overbearing. Um, on the finance team, it's at the point where you pass about 100 invoices, 100 payments a month is where you need to sit, turn to a system that's built for scale and for mass volumes. And so, and since it, from day one, we've kind of been built that way, the entire architecture is built for high volumes. And so, for example, on the invoice side, and the same goes for the payment side, you're able to batch pay and batch approve invoices in mass. And so, you know, for example, you can go into our AP hub, which is the software product that faces the payer um, when they're, they're going in the system. And so if you have literally like 300 payments a month, you literally can click down the screen. You've got all the key information on the screen and you can then approve them. We already have done your supplier onboarding. So we already know the supplier's payment preference. If they're not in the U S we know their currency preference. We've already gathered tax form. We've already done some basic regulatory and tax vetting to make sure you're paying people you're allowed to pay, um, you know, in the U S and overseas. Um, and since we already have that, all, all that information is already pre-validated, you're simply in the software product checking off the payments you want to approve. Um, and so the, the ability to pay many, many suppliers at once and similarly on the invoice side and the other processes we handle is very, very easy. Um, and that's because we've been made for that from day one versus some other systems were made more for low volume amounts of invoices to process or low volume amounts of payments to process. Um, and so architecturally, they simply are not designed for, for these types of, you know, volumes of let's say 400 yeah. payments a month or 2000 payments a month. Right. You know, and so that makes, I'm hearing more and more about that capacity, but also just on calls and supporting the sales teams and firms are calling in. I mean, that's what I do here at Intuit. And, you know, we do a lot of QBO presentations and there's a lot of, Hey, what third party app can you use for this, this, and this? So when the AP comes up, also um, the, the global piece of global payments is becoming so much more popular, particularly with vendor payments around the, around the world. So what are some yes. of the challenges around global vendors, and then how, how are you guys solve it, like, easier than others? Yeah, and, I mean, the interesting thing about global payments is the biggest challenge of global payments is not global payments. So it's not actually only about executing payments overseas. And so I'll give you a few examples of that. But actually the most important part is actually in the supplier onboarding process, surprisingly. So the, the payment method preferences, the currency preferences, were, which are actually, you know, are quite important to suppliers that are non-US. They don't want to get paid for logical reasons in US dollar. Um, 
But it, the actual process of collecting their payment method information is really critical because if you don't have a process to vet that payment method information, what you do is you result in really high rates of payment errors. And so the way we've solved that is, one, we've gone to self-service supplier onboarding where you push the work to supplier. That means they have to take responsibility for their payment data and enter correctly, and they can't blame the payer for poor data entry. Um, as they're entering those forms, our forms are literally dynamically changed based on the country, based on the payment method they've selected, uh, based on some other data we, we collect on those supplier onboarding forms. We've got about like 26,000 global payment rules built into those forms. And so as people are entering that data in the forms, the form itself is changing and we're actually then also looking for information that they're typing in based on number of characters and you know whether they're using numbers or letters and the such. And then we'll say, actually, you've typed in the wrong information for your wire transfer uh, data. Or in this country, since you're paying to Germany, we know it requires this field of information and you haven't entered that yet. And so we'll actually stop them from going forward in this farm boarding process until that data appears clean according to our 26,000 rules. And so we typically reduce payment error rates uh, on the global scale uh, by about two-thirds because of that algorithm. That's one example of a global challenge. Secondarily, and also pretty important, uh, tax compliance. So uh, the IRS has passed pretty rigorous rules over the past several years, um, uh, rules such as FACTA and some other related uh, tax compliance rules, but essentially the whole W-8 form and 1042-S forms, that's all around making sure that if there are vendors that are non-U.S., um, that whatever tax is owed to the U.S. government is properly captured. And so we work with KPMG for several years, honestly, to go through an wow. entire compliance process, and we're gathering those forms with a wizard that's so really easy for the payer to answer, answer, the, answer the wizard questions then we kind of we not only tell them which form is recommended based on their answers to questions, we actually have digitized the form. And the importance of digitizing the form on the global scale is that then we can we can validate data such as EIN and Social Security number and all the such that they uh, to ensure that the the form is not only right but it's the the data in the form is right. Um, and then that transfers over to yeah. tax withholding and 1042s reporting, which we all handle. Wow. Um, so those are a few examples. And of course, then you've got invoice process, and if you have a multi-entity organization, we handle that. Global payments, we cover 190 countries, six methods, 120 currencies. Um, we also handle things like multi-FX, which is our product for, let's say you're a U.S.-based company, but you've got six different offices that you need to transfer uh, currencies over to so that they can operate, um, or you want to do that for your, your sure. suppliers, for example. We also handle those types of services. So we go pretty deep. I mean, literally almost every single component of our system, including payment reconciliation, has global embedded in there. So, um, so that you know, we really That's look at amazing. that holistically. Yeah, it's just again it's, for those of you who haven't checked it out. And I know Richard has another question here. We'll we'll end here, Rock, because I know you're busy and stuff. And I just want to thank you for the time today, for sure. But just wanted to quickly mention to those listening and throughout the next couple of weeks, so Topalti, right? And you can go to Topalti.com or apps.com and start searching for it. The T-I-P-A-L-T-I. And definitely watch the video. There's even a, a direct phone number at the bottom. You know, there's some questions how you can contact them, of course, uh, and maybe uh, Rob at the end can, can give the best way to contact the company. But uh, it comes off as just so robust and complete. 
of a system. So it it is a pretty impressive system. There's a lot of features. Your website is very rich detail as well. Um, so Rob, I'm going to ask you a question, uh, and, and then I've got a, a final question. So uh, I'm just very, very curious. Where did the name Topalti come from? Is there a story there? Uh, there is, actually. So I mentioned earlier when um, Oren Zev, our co-founder and investor, reached out to Chanamit uh, to, uh, to look into the company. Once Chan once kind of validated a need in the market after six months, he was having trouble coming up with a name. Um, and uh, so he, he, he's friendly with a, uh, an artist, a sculptor. And so he asked him, he was having this challenge, and he's like, I just can't come up with a company name. And the guy was thinking about it uh, kind of at the time, and the, the company originated in Israel. And so the sculptor is in Israel. And so there's a word in Hebrew called spalti, and what it stands for is we take care of it. And so essentially, you know, the logic of nice. essentially what we're trying to do is we take care of accounts payable so you can do the things you love to do. And so that's essentially what Topalti is about. Makes perfect sense. I love it. Um, so final question for you. Uh, what can you share with us about the future of Topalti from a product standpoint? Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing is you guys, uh, you guys kind of pulled it out of me a little earlier, but um, probably my, uh, some people on my team will be angry I already mentioned it. But since I did, you know, QuickBooks desktop is absolutely on the near-term roadmap, so uh, we'll be announcing that shortly. And so then finally we'll have both products, QuickBooks Online and QuickBooks Desktop integration. So I think that's pretty exciting, particularly for this community. Um, the other piece I think that is relevant, and I'm sure you, this is probably a common conversation in, in your chats and your podcasts, is uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, proactive insights. We already have a number of those capabilities built into our platform, particularly in the invoice processing workflow today, but uh, you'll see more and more announcements around that in the future, but we're, we're, uh, we've got some pretty exciting stuff on, in store on, on that side so that not only do we help you automate accounts payable, we actually help you optimize the finance function based on the insights and learnings we have uh, based on behavior within the supplier base you have, as well as uh, within your approval workflows and the such. Um, so kind of make sure that there's fewer and fewer duplicates, fewer and fewer errors, uh, fewer and fewer uh, double payments, and the stuff like that. So, um, so you'll you'll see some uh, interesting things coming out in the near future around artificial intelligence and proactive insights. Um, so uh, very, we'll keep you posted on that. Very very interesting. I do want to follow up on what uh, Woody was saying about contact information. Do you want to tell the listeners how they can get more information about Topalti? Yeah, so um, absolutely, it's a tricky name. So uh, uh, forgive uh, folks for having to probably write this down, but uh, topalti.com, T-I-P-A-L-T-I. I think probably the cleanest way is we've got a contact us form on our website. If you fill that in, just give us a little insight into your challenges and your company needs, um, and we'll get back to you right away. Um, if you are a QuickBooks Pro Advisor um, and you're interested in learning about uh, our referral program, we absolutely have one of those. We love working with QuickBooks Pro Advisors and other QuickBooks partners. Um, so that's also listed in our navigation on the website. Um, or you can fill out any form and simply say that you'd like that, and we'll make sure we get you the right person to help you out on that side. So, um, yeah, any interest, we'd love to, you know, show you a demo and 
uh, tell you more about us and, uh, you know, see if we can help you and your clients. Excellent. Now, are you going to be at QB Connect, Rob? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so we will definitely be. Uh, we have a, a pretty nice little booth there. And uh, so we definitely will be there and uh, have a lot of our, our team from San Mateo, California, nice. out of the show as well. Excellent. Well, we'll definitely oh, awesome. see you. There. I know I will. I don't know if Woody's going to be there this year. Are you, Woody? No, I, I will not be there, but uh, I, I'm glad you're going, Rob. I think that's a, it's such an awesome event, and you've probably been there in the past, but it, especially that day when they bring in not only uh, Richard and accountants and developers, but also uh, small business users, mid-sized business, uh, businesses come in. There's like three to 5,000 people there, and I think that yeah. that networking there is phenomenal, you know. So yeah. It is a good for crazy Depaulty. large show and, and just filled with uh, so many people. And uh, uh, you can really get the word out. You can meet a lot of other apps. You can meet a lot of other uh, potential clients, buyers, et cetera. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about Connect. Well, I'm, I'm very excited to meet you there, Robin. Yeah, that and- sounds great. I, I definitely want to thank you for your time today. You've been very yeah. informative about Topalti. Uh, wish you great success with all the things coming up in the future. Um, Woody, if it's okay with you, I'm going to throw out another uh, sponsor mention. Uh, Neat.com is our, is our sponsor here for the QBO show. Don't forget they also have a rich partner program. It's designed just for the folks who are listening here, accountants and bookkeepers, you can learn all about it by going to neat.com and clicking the link for bookkeepers or click their logo on the QBO show webpage. Woody, anything else that you want to say? No, that's, that's great. And, and of course, Brent is also, uh, is, is in the, the chat and he's uh, talking about international payments, especially, you know, so oh. I think uh, he's going to search it out as well, like Belarus, Ukraine, all this stuff. So uh, it's very interesting. Um, so he was, Rob, interested in what you were saying with Topalti and everything. So do check out Topalti, um, T-I-T-A-L-T-I. Again, now I know exactly what it means. Like we do everything for you. That's Watch <laughs> the video. You'll totally get the name. It totally makes sense. And it's right on apps.com. I mean, even if you have a client and they're in their QBO file, they can click apps and do a search there. Or just Google it. Either way. Uh, Rob, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time today. And Richard, yeah, thanks for always, having me. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll see Stacy in a couple weeks. So thanks again, guys, and have a have a great couple weeks there. Talk to them later. <laughs>